brand over coffee conversations are with different experts and inspiring individuals. They may be different in what they do, but they all share one thing in common. They all create, develop, and nurture brands. These conversations will highlight not only their expertise, but also their experiences. And I hope these could help answer some of your questions and inspire you to build your own brands and take your businesses to greater heights. My name is Andrea Ferri, founder of the Creative Brand Studio and your host for this podcast. When you're ready, let's talk brand over coffee. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Brand Over Coffee Conversations. This week, we will talk about creativity. During this pandemic, we have seen how creativity has been tested to its limits. And with today's guest, we will talk about how to stay creative and what it takes to create and tell wonderful stories in the new normal. Joining us today is one of the top advertising commercial directors from the Philippines, Sid Maderaso. For almost two decades, Sid has done work for some of the biggest global and local brands. And I am excited not only to hear his thoughts, but also to know why work hasn't slowed down for him, even with the lockdowns in the country. Hi, Sid. How are you? Thank you again for being so game to having this conversation with me. Hi, Dre. Dre, pleasure and an honor to be on your show. I'm so excited to talk to you. I haven't talked to you for the longest time. Yes, I um, know. Yeah, so you've been jumping from one country to the next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will talk more about that later. But yes, yeah, so okay. though I have shared that you are one of the top advertising commercial directors in the Philippines, it would still be great for you to tell us more about what you do. Okay, well, I am a, a TV commercial director, like you said, and a lot of people always ask me if uh, have I done movies, and and I and I and I haven't. I would love to, but that's not really my concentration. The, the discipline that I trained for really is to tell a story in 30 seconds. And I've been directing for 19 years. Um, prior to that, I was an art director for Macan, a multinational ad agency for four, about for four years. And then prior to that, I studied advertising in the University of the Philippines. Practically half of my life, I've been exposed to advertising, and it really is my life, and and that really is my forte. And like I said, um, I that's that's what I focus on: the art of thirty seconds and beyond. Because now it's not strictly at thirty seconds, because with the digital spot, you transcend that and go beyond that limitation. Yes, it would be great later to talk more about it. But just to help guide our conversation for the next 20, 30 minutes, we can structure it into three parts. So first, we could talk about how is work in the midst of a pandemic or in this so-called new normal. Second part, we could talk about how do you or what does it take to create wonderful stories in the time of Corona. And then the third part, we could talk about your tips for businesses and brands who want to continue churning out great work yet have all these limitations. So yes, Sid, please share with us how has work been the past few months? Okay, well, work past few months um, was very busy. I was very busy. I wasn't even expecting that I will be busy in the course of this pandemic um, as we write it out. You know, I mean, the, the, the current situation here in the Philippines is still that, um, you know, the general community quarantine was just lifted a few days ago. And it, to be honest, it's not really looking good. So that's the reason why we, we left Manila and we're here in the province, in the safety of the province. It, so that also added to my 
initial concern about leaving Manila because I had work still pending. And the fact that I will be uprooting myself and my family from Manila and, and for, for I don't know when. And it's still, now it's, it has been six months. So they, those were really the, the challenges and my concerns in, in terms of work because I don't know how I will be able to operate from the province. So that was really a challenge. But fortunately enough, I think, um, seriously, this is something strange, Nodre. Uh, I am busier now more than when I was in Manila, which is pretty strange when I was in the city. But I think the clients now also realize that, hey, we can still communicate using you know technology and we can as creative people um our intention so i mean i've been i'm used to going on zoom calls or or you know video conference calls with clients especially especially if i work with png in singapore i always do that it's just that locally obviously is that they want you to present face to face and you know, but now I think it's really an eye opener for everyone, especially for the clients and the agency people. That hey, we can do this. We can operate, and the director can operate and direct remotely. You don't have to be there face to face. But of course, I miss being on the set. But I think we'll just have to make do and adapt to what we have right now. Interesting. So prior to this, you were already directing remotely because in my experience, I mean, we have done that in our last project for BMW in Singapore, right? Everything, all the pre-production we have done remotely. But then of course, for the shoot, it's kind of like still needed for me at the time that you would be present just because otherwise it was, it was well, to be fair, it was also a difficult shoot, you know, like it was such an active story. You cannot yeah, just put it yeah. in, inside the room and it's contained, it's all action. So, but have you been directing remotely prior to COVID? Yes, actually the first experience of me directing remotely was when I got into a motor ac- motorcycle accident two years ago. I was actually on my way to a shoot and then I got into a major accident. And a few days after surgery, they had to move the shoot, obviously. But when I was in my hospital bed, I was able to direct it with another director friend who was on the set. But everything else, the direction, the clearances were done remotely. And in fact, I have video of that when I was in the hospital bed. And after every shoot, I always shout, it's a wrap. Sarap, or in Tagalog, it's um, what is sarap? Delicious, Delicious. right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it just feels good to end the day shouting that, and that has become my trademark. And I, 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 you know, I had to call that from my hospital bed, which is so surreal. And but it was, it went well, uh, amazingly, and that really made me realize that hey, you know what? I mean, if I could do this in my hospital bed with seven broken ribs a punctured lung and two broken clavicles and a few days after surgery, then, you know, anything is possible if you really, if you, if everyone just really cooperates, although there are caveats, there are difficulties, of course, when the director isn't on the set. And I think this is where the, the group of Sidekick, a collective that I formed, uh, come into play because the Sidekick has always been like that. The ethos is really just the strength of one is the strength of all. And I really wanted to multiply myself. It started with getting apprentices 
And I am, I think, naturally, I, I love mentoring people. I have, you know, so many apprentices. And sometimes I think that, you know what, maybe, you know, if I train these young filmmakers who want to become TV commercial directors. And you know what, maybe I should formalize it in such a way that I can utilize their talents and try to multiply myself that I don't need to be there on the set. And then the idea is that if the clients want to work with me, but sometimes the budget is not really, because there's always this, and you know that, Ray, you work with me, and there's always this image or perception that, okay, Sid Mordaza is like, your, your fee is too expensive, can't afford you. But the thing is, now we need to really adapt. And it's very different from, from way before when advertising was at its peak. But now the production budgets are really, really getting lower. And that's a fact. But the timelines are getting shorter. But the expectations are still greater. Still the, same. You know, I, 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 the same or not even, even greater, you know. Mm-hmm. So the pressure is so difficult now. The pressure is so great for a creative or for a director. And so I really had to adapt to that. So when I left my production house, which I was part of for 12 years, I said, I'm just going to do freelance and try to make this work, you know, how to operate dance in a a very minimal way with no office, uh, with no employees. Everything's, everyone is just really subcontracted, you know, And, and I wasn't even... Who would have known this would, would have happened, you know, this pandemic uh-huh. that will change our lives and the way we operate and in this industry and in advertising. I mean, it really has changed the, the playbook of how we do things. But, it, you know, just looking back, it was really a, 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 like a, a good way of priming ourselves to what would become our new reality in terms of production. So we've been... We've been training for that, you know, and that will lead us to this point. And it we kind of... Which is actually a strength right now for you guys. It is a strength because, number one, in terms of cost, I think we, we come out cheaper, obviously, because there is no overhead for us. So I think it, it goes well with the client's budgets, you know. But I do enjoy also being a freelance director being bidded out by production houses but you know these are really more for digital mid to low level spots that we've created but during the pandemic the, the first big break for us was really from png so the agency from singapore got in touch with me and i was just lounging by the beach you know and <laughs> even thinking about work they said i also need a break and then you know it's something just sparked in me and I said you know what I think this is possible because I said Sid can you do this can you shoot this um, but you have to shoot it in your homes and I mm-hmm. said I'm in the province I'm not really sure especially now but I will try my best so that pretty much started everything it was a first spot that was shot that way during the height of the pandemic and you know I got directors to shoot their families and for them to appear in front of the camera time to 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 do it you know like each scene was directed by one unit and that unit is the directors and his family and you know they just used whatever camera they had at home but we were able to create cinematic imagery without the aid of lighting you know it was just really more very authentic 
but we just wanted to veer away from it looking like shot through a cell phone. So they still used proper cameras, but not like the big ones with film lenses that we're used to when we shoot big commercials. But the, the clients really appreciate the fact that we were able to create authenticity, but at the same time, um, show it in a, in a cinematic way. So yeah. really a breakthrough for us. And, and, and you know, to cut the long story short, that really started everything. Yeah, yeah. Interesting because what we know of the advertising industry, you know, all these three-day shoots, one-week shoots, big budget, it's, it has really changed. Yeah. I think the growing demand for digital marketing and digital advertising has also kind of like added to that. So as, as what you rightfully said, clients have now smaller budgets. Clients have now faster timelines, but the expectations would still be the same for you to deliver something cinematic or even more. So the pressure is really there. So you are working with different directors, you've said, right? So you work with junior yes. directors to some senior directors. What do you think have been the challenges as well? Like maybe top two challenges for you with all these remote work projects? Okay, so the challenges of working remotely, I think, is really trying to multitask. You know, before it was just all just really neatly compartmentalized, right? And But sometimes now that you're working with different directors and with different units all at the same time, shooting one vignette per it can prove very challenging, but I think we've grown accustomed to it. You know, I told my team that we are doing something that is probably never been done before in local advertising in the way we shoot things, but we did open the possibilities that everything is possible. And like, you know, what you mentioned about the clients and their expectations I do tell them that, you know, we have to recalibrate how we look at things. We have to look at it in a different lens. I'm not saying that we will be giving you mediocre work. And it's not an excuse for me to give you one because, hey, we're just shooting at home. But I'm telling them that the process is very different now. And I think they also have to adjust on how we clear things and how we look at each of these scenes and how it is played out. First of all, we use non-actors. We use the parents of the directors. We use the directors themselves. I mean, Dre, that's something very unusual. We go through a whole process casting of clearances and talents, you know, yeah. just by talents and casting. But it is very, very unusual. And, and you know, it's just really a matter of survival. And how can we survive in a time like this? And how do we give jobs to the team and to the, to the people, right? So unfortunately, we couldn't do it we couldn't help everyone, you know. I mean, a lot of people are really affected, but we we really try our best. And hopefully, hopefully, Dre, you know, I've been asked, what are the things that you want to be retained if everything, for example, just looking ahead, if the vaccine becomes available to everyone and then the pandemic just completely blows over and we're back to normal, I just wish in in the industry, in, in the Philippines of advertising, I wish they would retain a few things because there is a silver lining to the pandemic. You know, it made us realize that, hey, we now strictly observing 
the 10-hour shooting protocol, right? Because there is, number one, because of health reasons, everyone has to go home early. You can't burn the midnight oil. Secondly, because there is a curfew, a city curfew. So, I mean, I just wish that when this thing is over and done with, I hope that we still follow that rule. And also, I feel that I wish that clients and agency really still, at least for most of the meetings, I hope that we can still do remote meetings. I'm actually comfortable, you know, just, of course, explaining face-to-face. But, you know, after doing so many meetings, in shorts, by the way, you know what? It's just, for me, such a, like, um, I think there's also an art in trying to be more animated in front of your, in front of the camera and try to articulate your creative ideas to a client. And I do use tools to really help them appreciate that, you know. So I think now technology has really become a tool for me as a director. So speak of technology, let me just take, just give you a quick rundown on the things yes, that I please. do personally yeah. on how to direct remotely. So number one, for example, I require my production designer to give me a design of the set in full 3D. So he does a SketchUp 3D of the actual set in actual dimensions. He sends it to me, that file. I upload it in 3D storyboard software called 3D Previs. So it's like Frameforge Studio. Not to sound too technical, I'm really a techie in terms of because I've been using that 3D program for quite some time, more than a decade. And it really became something so useful, especially now, because now I feel like I'm shooting in a virtual environment using the actual set. And I put the characters, the 3D characters, block them precisely and then send out a movie, even the camera movie, I can animate, and send that movie out to my team in Manila. And then they actually apply it. So for me, it's really a paint-by-numbers thing. And also, I show it to the agency and to the client, and they get the idea, okay, all right, we're good. I want to limit the guessing game. You know, just want them to see what the director intends it to be. So, So for me, I think technology really has played a huge role in making this remote directing possible, especially for me, who's so used to being on the set, obviously, um, and in the, who lives in the city, and now basically uprooting myself and my family and living in the province, but still operate at, at that same level. In fact, now it's even more difficult, to be honest, because, you know, if you're in a shoot, sometimes I have to say, I hope my clients aren't listening. Even if I w- I'm in a shoot, I can squeeze in another meeting in between, you know? That's why multitasking is now even more possible when, when you're doing everything online. But again, the downside there is that it gets tiring, you know? Yeah, it can be exhausting. So, so yeah. exactly. And then, you know, one of the things that I wish that we would still do is like, for example... Even before the, the, the COVID, even before the pandemic, I would always push the agency to, hey, we can do color grading remotely. We can do post-production remotely. We don't need to be in the same room. I think it's even better to just send them a link of the edits, get, you know, let give you more time to study the, the, the edit, 
And then so you can consolidate. And another tool that I use is called Loom. It's spelled L-O-O-M. It's loom.com. So it's basically like a screen recording feature, but you can annotate using your voice. You can put an inset of your face somewhere in the screen while you're annotating and you can actually do a write-on. Very similar to Zoom, but for me, it's more intuitive. And as a process I follow is that I send that. Every time we present an edit now to my agency, it, I always accompany it with a Loom video. It's mm-hmm. as if I was there presenting and giving them a preamble and then I do a breakdown. And it's very, for me, it's such an important tool that I use now. So I'm just sharing these tools for filmmakers who want to direct remotely. And I really use these tools to, to our advantage. And so far, it has worked wonders for us, especially now. Because not right now, Dre, I'm looking at my whiteboard. And you know, ever since the ECQ, I've done almost 20 TVCs. Wow. The past six months? Yeah, 20, 20 TVCs and, and a couple more incoming. It, it has been quite busy. But, you know, living in the province has made me realize a lot of things. Being a city dweller all, all my life, and I know you can relate to this, I realized that stress doesn't really go away. You know, the same stress. Even now, the stress is even greater, uh, unfortunately, sometimes. But, you know, but I'm, since I'm closer to nature, I think it's easier to cope now more than being in the city, which for me is so suffocating. So I'm not complaining. I do wish that one day I'll be on the set with my team and my staff because I really miss them so much to be interacting with them. Maybe one of these days that will come true. Hopefully it will, maybe sooner than we think. But hopefully we retain these good things or our methods that we are employing now and hopefully we learn a lot from from what's happening now yeah but just going back to how you were talking about the process of directing remotely i really like the fact that even if you know in the midst of a lockdown you're really making sure that everything that you do is still professionally done because at the end of the day as what you said you wouldn't want a mediocre output right Maybe for yes. me, just because I actually have been exposed to regional work while I was in Singapore, I was not really the type who would insist or even be in a project that has to be all the time. You have to be physically present uh, with a director talking to you face to face. And I think a lot right now, especially in the local advertising space uh, and those who have been kind of like more traditional, I think COVID has really done a lot to kind of like open their eyes that it's possible to do remote work. I myself with the creative brand studio here, it's also like sidekick. We don't have a physical office. I don't have a permanent team. So depending on the project, depending on the client brief, I put together a team that is actually yeah, best suited for the work. So I do have a network of experts, independent experts from all over the world. So if the client is wanting something very local for the Philippines, then I'll put together a team of Filipinos. If the client here in Germany is in need of, like last time I had a lifestyle brand, so I put together a team of lifestyle brand experts. And these are from different different countries and different industries. So that's also very interesting, you know, because I think more than anything, what we are doing with Sidekick, with the Creative Brand Studio, you're just pushing for diversity and you're pushing for who really would be best for that project. And 
in the traditional advertising space, that's not how it works. You have your own specific team. So even if they're not the best for that project, you have no choice but to get them because they're on your payroll. I think a lot of brands, a lot of clients are also appreciating that, that there's diversity and really the best people are working on their projects. Exactly. So basically, this it really gives us more elbow room to work as a creative team. Um, you're not really stuck in one process or one team. And that's a perfect way of putting it. The diversity, I think, is really important. And I know you've had a lot of experience working with regional projects and you're used to going on conference calls and doing everything remotely. And I'm just wondering why in Manila, they weren't able to catch up quickly on that, especially when the traffic is horrible, you know, Dre. <laughs> so true, huh? imagine even if you're in the business central business district and you need to go from one meeting to the next in the same city, it'll take you an hour just to get there. And it's really, for me, such a waste of time. And working from home, and there are studies now that, you know, we are more productive. And like I said, you multitask. There are caveats, like I mentioned. But, you know, I'm not complaining. I think I would like to to do this as long as I can, you know, to direct remotely away from the city. I don't know how clients will feel about me being away from for so long and still operating like this once this is over. I don't know. But hopefully they trust me enough to know that even though if I'm not there physically, that I can still do the job. Yeah. Okay, before we end, Sid, I want to ask you, is there any piece of work that struck you in the midst of the pandemic? Was there any interesting work that for you, ah, this is really cool? There are a couple. Um, You know, there are a couple of of spots that were released, at least locally, uh, for DOT. And I think that was even PNG released something about the frontliners. I think those are really, for me, are very touching. And those are very authentic because those were shot by frontliners themselves. So it was so real and so raw, but the message was so clear. But for me, I think, you know, just looking back in the commercials that I've done uh, since since the, the pandemic, for me, the most special would be the first one, the VIX that I, that I mentioned a while ago, because I really started everything, you know. Seeing the families, so directors appearing on screen, non-actors. It's just for me something very special that we were able to, to pull it off. And the succeeding ones, of course, we've done Nestle in the same style. You know, even one director up in Cagayan Valley up north was able to shoot beautiful imagery. One director shot his bear slow dancing. And it was just something for me, you know, he said, Percy, that it was really touching. It's the first time that I've seen my parents do that. And and it really touched the lives of each family. And it's such, for me, such a beautiful process. It's something that I would never have thought possible before. And it happened. And yes, um, it, it's, it's something amazing. Internationally, I've seen a lot. The latest Nike spot yeah, really, for me, true. was amazing. Yeah. They buy the, the one with the split screen. Yeah, I, I, I really love shooting commercials and watching commercials locally and abroad. It's just amazing how people and directors can tell stories given the parameters of time. And I think that for me, I thrive in that type of environment. There's a saying that putting, putting limitations to creativity is really 
the most beautiful thing. And art without limitations is the enemy of art. And I do believe that, you know, I mean, I guess that speaks so much, especially for a director who just deals with these 30-second stories and selling a product at the same time. It's quite a challenge, especially during this time. Yeah. I think the common thread with all the commercials with that you mentioned just a while ago, I think it's really something to do with inspiring everyone these days. I think we all need a dose of inspiration and motivation, you know. Yeah. So with the yeah. Nike ad, is always they're always good at creating these wonderful stories that would, you know, motivate you, exactly. whether it's pushing you to exercise or trying to, you know, the latest um, Kobe Bryant ad inspiring people to just do better every day, a constant reminder. And I think when you can inspire people, when you are able to do that, especially in the midst of a pandemic, I think that will always strike a chord with everyone, right? Uh, the DOT is also a beautiful piece. I've also seen your VIX ad. As a Filipino, those ads have made me emotional, seeing the situation of my country my people, but at the same time, it also elicits this proud feeling to be able to see how resilient we are as a nation. That also showcases the positivity of, of Filipinos. And I think that's the that's the magic of storytelling. So Sid, exactly. one last question. Okay. What has been your biggest lesson the past three, four, five, six months that you have been on a lockdown while creating all these wonderful pieces of work? A lot. On a personal level, I think a lot um, in terms of family. I've, I've realized that, you know, we don't need a lot to, to be happy. We don't need to be, you know, when you're in the city, we're all so tied up with, with so many material things and the pressure to, to succeed. Everything kind of slows down when you're far from the city. And I realized that we don't really need a lot. Although uh, as a director, I do need gear because I also shoot here in the province, you know, um, and I've done that for, for some projects. But you know what? These are the necessities for a filmmaker. But for, for being a dad and being a family man, we don't really need a lot. As long as you're closer to nature, personally, I feel that it's something that I realize that, hey, you know what? Big important decisions are, are being done at the moment for our families. For example, the fact that we decided to, our children are now homeschooled. Okay, so... And that's, this will continue. And I also decided with my wife that, you know, I think after living here in the province for six months, I think it's best that, you know, if I can still do this type of work, um, there's no point of going back and living in the city. Might as well just relocate somewhere uh, by the beach, build a house there. And that's basically the dream for next year. And I think that will become a reality as long as we have good internet. <laughs> so that's also that that's is the requirement. That is the requirement. Now, in terms of work, I think I, I did mention a few, Dre, about you know the silver lining here is that, and you did mention it, the resiliency of the Filipinos, and I think that it's very important to note that everyone's hustling now. Nobody's complacent. Every project is always a blessing, mm-hmm. and I just hope that the learnings from from this experience is that. I hope as an industry, we, are, we should be more aware of the time, the allowed time for a shoot. We have to strictly abide by that for the sake of, of everyone. And I think another thing is that, hey, we can do meetings remotely. We don't need to be there, especially in a country where traffic is really 
a huge issue. So I think for everyone's sake, you know, you're, you become more efficient, you're less stressed, and I think it works. And yeah, those are the most important lessons and, and, and learnings I've learned on a personal level and also in terms of work that, yeah, we, we can create things and we can do work even up to a higher level now because there is more effort, of course, in doing this remotely. But yeah, yeah I think, I think that those are the things that I've learned in the course of this, um, this experience of the pandemic. Totally agree. We have seen that in extreme times, you know, many of us have to resort to extreme measures with creativity. You've mentioned that. Yeah. A lot of us have been experimenting. A lot of us have also been really w- willing to take risks, huh? And it feels like everything has now become possible. Remote work, remote shoots, creating content, working with, you know, in what we thought were unimaginable situations, conditions, and settings. And those who would survive, I think, and those who would thrive post this pandemic are those who are really open to these changes rather than resisting exactly. them. Because things will change. It's, it's just been um, fast-tracked because of the pandemic. Yeah. Well, for sure. So that's a, that's a silver lining. Yeah. Yeah. So great. Thank you so much, Sid. I've learned so much. Thank you for being so generous with, you know, sharing what you have learned, your tricks, your tips. So thank you. And I wish you, yeah. Thank you, Dre. Enjoy the beach <laughs> while working. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yep. I had fun. Thank you, Dre. Thanks. Goodbye. Bye-bye. If you enjoy listening to Brand Over Coffee Conversations, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Please do not forget to share your reviews and help spread the love on social media by tagging hashtag BrandOverCoffee. For questions, comments, and topic suggestions, you may reach me on Instagram at andreaa.ferry. Thank you for listening to Brand Over Coffee Conversations.